Hey, um, so my name is Julia. Um, nice to meet you if I haven't met you before. Um, I, um, I've been away for a little bit. Had someone this morning come up and say, you haven't been around for a while. And they hadn't realized that I'd left. Um, but, so it's awesome to be back. It's awesome to be home. Um, I just want to start with a couple of kind of, couple of notices. Firstly, do you guys know it's Paul Bennett's birthday today? Yeah, I'm going to leave the happy birthdays to, to Dave, though, a little later on. Um, but um, it's super exciting. We're thankful for him as well, aren't we? He's a good, good man. Um, the other thank you I want to do is to those of you that have bring, been bringing pancake shakers for us. Um, so I look after the teams that do Red Frogs. So it's an outreach to the university students and music festivals and sporting festivals. And this week has been reorientation week. Last week was for Lincoln and this week was for Canterbury. So we have had teams that um, have been uh, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday night till 1, 1.30 in the morning loving and serving students at these events. And um we have some amazing conversations with the students, and they, um, this is a, a photo taken because they come up and all the time they say, this week it was, are you guys a club on campus? And we're like, no, no, we're just volunteers from local churches that are here to love and look after you guys. And um, they're like, they ask about where the pancakes come from, and they say, hey, they've been donated from people in the local church. We've never had a negative response to that. Every time they're like, wow, Really? And you just see something start to shift and change in their thinking. And this was a group of students, and um, the girl in the front and the guy at the back were particularly stoked with the pancakes. And um, I said to them, I was like, can I take a photo of you guys so that we can say thank you to the people that have been bringing the um, shakers for you guys? And they're like, yeah. And then this is the photo that we got. So this is them saying a massive thank you to you guys. Um, If you're out shopping this week and you want to throw some in, um, that would be awesome because we cooked probably about 1,800 pancakes this week and have, like, depleted all of our stocks. Um, And then this week we are starting back into our halls team. So we now have four teams that are regularly going into College House, Waitakere Hall was once a month, um, Kirkwood Village and Lincoln University. So teams go in every two weeks um, and just cook up pancakes. And we're starting to have some awesome conversations as we're getting to, to know and Um, meet some of the students that are in these places. So a massive, massive thank you. Um, Also, cool, we also have some special guests this morning. We've got Nick and Emily Ling. These guys are amazing. And what is super exciting about them is that tomorrow they're getting on a plane and they're flying out to Ethiopia. Um, Anyone else want to go to Ethiopia? No, there's not many people putting their hands up. eh? But these guys are passionate about Ethiopia. And in particular, there's a group of people there called the Lake Tana people. Um, They live in incredible poverty. Um, There isn't many people that want to go and live and amongst these people, but these guys have, have caught a heart and they really feel called to it. And so they are giving their lives. They've got a little boy and they're moving their family over there because the thing about the Lactana people is that they're an unreached people group, meaning that there is no established church within um, their community and there is no ability within their people group to be able to reach out and share Jesus with them. And so these guys are going to learn the language Um, to then uh, live amongst them. Emily is a doctor and Nick is a fitness dietitian specialist guru kind of guy. Um, So they are taking those skills and they want to love and and really see God moving amongst this people group. So isn't that awesome? Um, So it is cool to have them here with us this morning. 
Um, and I think it would just be awesome if you guys want to stand up. And I just love if some people would um, gather around them. We'd just love to pray for them this morning because uh, we think it's awesome. Yeah. You guys can gather. It's okay. They're not scary. <laughs> cool. Hey, God, we just thank you so much for Nick and Emily. Lord, we thank you just for their amazing heart, Lord, that they are willing to go to places that uh, many of us aren't. But, Father, they know that you have called them there. And so, Lord, we just ask right now, Father, for a real sense of your blessing and your protection as they go upon their family. Lord, we pray for real clarity and direction as they um, walk into this place. Lord, they will have such a sense of your leading and your guiding. Lord, we know that as they have been there before, Father, they have seen favor um, and just open doors where other people have experienced hostility and been kicked out. And so, Lord, we know that you have something for these, for these people. Lord, they are sons and daughters that you desire to know, uh, for them to know you. And so, Lord, we just pray that you will be with them. Lord, you will go with them. And, Lord, you will already be softening the hearts of our brothers and sisters in the Lake Tana people, that when Nick and Emily arrive, Lord, that they will be so ready to hear the message of hope that they carry with them. Father, we thank you for what you are doing. Amen. Amen. Cool. Awesome. Um, so while I was away, I was uh, spending some time at our Mong Tong Tani Church in Bangkok. Uh, so as you guys have been uh, taking up the reach offering, you guys would have heard that we are partnering with them. They're an amazing church. There is some really cool stuff happening. They're pioneering some stuff in Thailand, and they have such a heart for the Thai people. Um, the first week that I was there, they were actually having prayer meetings. Um, for a whole week. So every night people were coming out. They were traveling across Bangkok. If you guys know, Bangkok is a big city and it is not easy to travel to. But they were coming out and they were just praying because they were really seeking the heart of God for a move uh, a move of God in amongst um, their, their local community and in their city and in their nation. So how cool is that? Um, they, in Thailand, there is, starting, there is an increase in persecution that's starting to happen in the church. Um, so as I was talking with Pastor Udom, he was telling me about um, churches now that are having um, guards come in into their services and, um, and checking out what they're doing. And there's a, a close, starting to be a close monitoring by the government officials and stuff that are happening over there. Because there's a lot of uh, underground crime rings that are happening and they're using a church as kind of the facade for that. Um, so, yeah, I know, who would have thought, eh? Um, but it, what it's meaning is it's starting to bring um, some persecution and some pressure on the church in Thailand. Um, but I mean, Pastor Udom is an amazing man. And as we sat across the table, he said, a little bit of persecution isn't going to be bad for us. And there was just, there was no fear in him, but there was just an absolute confidence that his God is sovereign and that God is working and that they're going to be faithful to the call of God. Um, so what has come with that, though, is that the churches are having to register and having to go through official channels. And there's a big cost that comes with that. And there just, there just wasn't the finance within um, Mung Tung Tani Church to be able to do that, to be able to register and do the things officially that they needed to. And so out of the reach offering, we were able to actually cover the costs for them of registering. And um, the Sunday when I came back after it happened, they stood me up and said, you know, would you say a massive thank you to your church um, for the people that gave um, in order to be able to do this because it has just set them up. It has taken a massive pressure off their shoulders and set them up to be able to win and to reach the people in Thailand. And how cool is that? 
So a massive shout out and a massive thank you for that. Um, while I was there, oh, actually they are, yeah, just going on. They are super excited about the partnership that is happening. Um, there's not a whole lot of people over there that are doing what they're doing as a church. There's not many uh, leaders that are able to mentor and to grow them. And so they are incredibly appreciative of the partnership that they have here with Life Church, And they're really excited. Paul and Carla heading over in a couple of weeks um, just to continue to mentor and to help grow and to support, um, particularly as they start to go into a time of transition. And so um, that's really exciting. Uh, while I was over there, I heard the story of, um, of this family. Uh, so this is Panom and Rong, um, his wife, Pastor Udom on the right, on the side, and um, uh, his wife, PJ, on, on this side. And um, this family, they were, um, they were on the welcoming team when we first came into church. They were at the prayer meetings, and um, the they were just the most beautiful family, and there was a real love and affection for their children. And um, that's what kind of got my attention, and I asked you what their story was. And she said that um, they had actually moved in from the villages to Bangkok, and they had moved in and were now living beside the church. Um, they were drug addicts, and their life was just a real mess. And one night, as Rung was sitting outside uh, on her balcony, um, she has been raised a Buddhist. She had never heard about God, had never heard about Jesus. And she was sitting there, and she looked up at the stars, and she said at the time she didn't even know who it was that she was praying to, but something in her heart said, if there is something out there, will you, will you show yourself? Like, will you, just this real kind of like, if there's something there, then please show me. And um, that night she went in and she went to sleep and she had a dream. And in the dream, there was this, this white car that pulled up, a lady that hopped out of it. She looked down and she had a blue T-shirt on. And this lady came over and she knew that this lady was going to tell her about the creator of the heavens. And she woke up the next day, and, and she, was, she was sitting there, and she was looking out, and she saw this white car pull up, and she saw the lady that she knew was going to tell her about the creator of these heavens. And she was like, look down. She's like, I haven't got a blue shirt on. She didn't even own a blue shirt. She ran back into her house. Her husband the day before had been wearing a blue shirt and that night had taken it off and thrown it on the floor. So she picked it up, threw it back on and ran back out and got and started talking to the lady who was PJ. And PJ was able to share with her about the love of this incredible heavenly father and about a Jesus who came and had lived in amongst people and had taken our sin and our mistakes and had taken them upon himself and had given us a new life in relationship with God. And so she accepted uh, this message. She surrendered her life to God. Her husband had come to faith and, um, God has just been doing incredible things restoring this family. It was funny as we were standing there and I'm taking this photo and one of the ladies, a couple of the old ladies came up and they said to me, they go, he was not handsome when he first came. They said he was too skinny <laughs> because of his drug addiction. But then they said, but now, now he is good. Now he is handsome. <laughs> but isn't that just an amazing story? And that's just one of many stories of families that are coming to, to faith and are involved in the church over there.
Um, so it just, just reminded me of something that was God was really speaking to my heart before I left. And just that reminder from the story of, of Samuel and David. And there's a scripture, and most of us would know it, but it says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at their outward appearance, but the Lord sees the heart. See, people would have looked from the outskirts, and, and that man, he, they, they were telling me that they would hear him ride his motorbike into the village, and people would just kind of disappear and go into hiding because he was, it was just so awful um, when he would come home. His life was so broken. But now he is the one that is, is welcoming people into the heart of God. And the thing is, God always saw that. God always knew that that was what within, was within him. But it was masked by hurt, by pain, by brokenness, by addiction. But God knew that that was always in him. That's what God saw. And that's what God wanted his, his sons and daughters, his followers of Jesus. He wanted Pijai and Bu to be able to look and to be able to see that within him. And isn't that the heart of God? That we would look and we would not see the outward appearance of people. We would not see the bad attitudes or the brokenness. That would not define how we value a person or the value that we place in them. But instead, we would be looking for what God has placed within that person. That we would have eyes that are looking for what God has placed and what God is creating and what God is going to pull out of that person. I was sitting um, with a, a friend and we were... Um, we were praying for what we were doing with red frogs in the university. And, um, and he just, he prayed this prayer. It was a couple of years ago, and it really just kind of stuck with me. And he said, Lord, forgive us if they have ever seen anything in our eyes but the love of Jesus. How often have people looked, and I, I know in my heart I've looked and there's, there's been judgment. I've looked and I've only seen the outward appearance. But going, coming back to a place, and as Jeremiah shared last week, as we are single-minded in our pursuit of Jesus, as he is transforming my life, then he is transforming what is within me and what people see within me. And they come to a place where I can look for something deeper, that I'm not looking and just seeing the outward appearance, but I'm looking for the gold that God has placed within them. See, the amazing thing was that at that church in Mungtong, God had something for that family, but he had placed it within the church. He was, what was for those people, what was for that family was being carried in the lives of people, was being carried in a message of hope and of restoration. Um, if the week after uh, I heard that family, I then went up to Chiang Mai and I started studying and doing the course that I was over there for. And um, on the weekends, I was able to travel with Nock. And um, she was, her and her husband, John, um, incredibly within their ministries and within their teams, they've already seen three people raised from the dead. Uh, God is doing incredible and amazing things. Like, does, any, does that just mess with anyone else's head? Like, she told me, and I was like, are you kidding? Um, I recorded one of the testimonies, um, which I'll show you in um, maybe another day. But um, she was like, do you want to come with me this weekend as I go to travel to one of the churches? I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll come. Um, so there were pastors that were working in this local village, and, and they've been really unwell, and were just really struggling. So we went up just to pray with them and to encourage them and, um, 
it was the time of the year where they were sowing the rice paddy fields. And so I was able to meet the father of, of the, one of the pastors in this village. And he invited me to go down to the rice paddy fields. And I think we'll chuck up the first photo of him in his rice paddy field. Um, so the amazing thing about his story is that he was actually the local village fortune teller. Uh, he is well known within the region and the, all of the top Buddhist monks come to him for advice and direction. If they're needing healing, they come to see him. And he's able to, he's, he's seen amazing miracles. But he, early at the start of this year, he, had a, he was cutting down some bananas and he had an accident and um, something like hit him in the eye and he actually lost his sight. And this man has a reputation in the region for being you know, the best healer, the best spiritual director and leader, all that stuff. But he wasn't able to restore his own sight. Nothing he did was working. And um, Not came to visit. She was visiting the pastors there and she went down to see him and she walked in. She said, what's wrong? And he explained what had happened and she said, can I pray for you? And so in the name of Jesus, she prayed for him, and God restored the sight to his eyes. And now this man who has so much influence in this region is now on this journey because he has, been de- he has lived deeply aware of spiritual things. He knows the power of spiritual things within his world. But now he is learning the power of a Jesus whose power is so much more and so much higher and so much greater than that. And so they are working there, discipling him. And um, he is becoming a real man of peace within this village. He is starting to open up doors for them to be able to plant churches and um, and seeing um, people come to faith. And that's just starting to see a real move of the miraculous because God's heart is towards people. See, God had something for him, but he'd placed it with a knock. And he asked her to be faithful, to carry that message of hope out into this village. He asked her to be faithful, to go into this home and to build relationships. He placed the power of the miraculous in her and asked her to be faithful and courageous in stepping out and praying for this man. While we were uh, in in Chiang Mai, each evening we would go across to the food court and um, it was a tough life. Um, And the first night that Lorraine and I went over, um, we were... We were just super hungry. We were just kind of looking for something. We were like, oh, we'll just pop over and grab some food. And um, we went to this, they have these like fruit smoothies and stuff. And um, we, the first photo, oh, actually, I forgot some of the other photos. Sorry, Caleb. Um, so, oh, this is the rice paddy fields. This is, there's nothing like a humbling photo of showing like four, five hundred people in like fat pants and stuff. Hey? Funny thing about this is I am not Thai size. Uh, the size of a normal Thai woman, and I didn't take clothes with me to, to, to wear this. So they, like, scrambled around the village to find something that fits. So I ended up in that, like, it's got, like, a Pikachu thing on the side, but it's all right. It's not about my pride, is it? Um, so then this is, uh, yeah, on the, this is Nock uh, in the blue there. This is uh, his daughter, who is, her and her husband are local pastors. They pastor five churches within the region, um, and her uncle while we were hanging out in the rice paddy fields. Um, 
So yeah, then back to the, the fruit shop, to the sm- fruit smoothie lady. Um, and so we went and we, we got these, these fruit smoothies from her. And they were just really, really good. And we were stoked. And it's just kind of having like a real brief conversation while we were talking to her. And, um, and I just, just felt the whisper of the Holy Spirit. So keep coming back here. And that, that was it. And so for five and a half weeks, we just kept going back to the same, to the same fruit stall. We're having broken conversations with her little bit of English and my very little bit of Thai. And oh man, if you guys are seeing some of the conversations, they're hilarious. We were like this. We were on different wavelengths at times. But we started to recognize as we were learning. Oh, you can take it off if you want, Caleb, so everyone doesn't have to look at that. Um, it's really humbling, eh, when you go back through photos. You're like, oh, I wish that was a better photo. But anyway. Um, but God, hang on, where was I? Distracted myself now. Broken English, thank you. Um, she started to reach out. And she was wanting us to try, you know, different kinds of her smoothies. And she was trying to make conversation. And we've been learning about this concept from Luke 10. And I'm just going to read it to you. It's going to come up on the this, on this screen. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. Someone who prom- promotes peace is there. Your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give to you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter the town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples as he's trying to teach them how to go out and how to reach people, how to be, how to carry this message of good news that he has placed within them, how to share what they have discovered and what they have found out. And so we talk about this concept of people of peace, people who God is starting to work in their lives and and God, and there's a kind of a recognizing of that within our lives. And as I was going to this fruit shop for the fruit smoothie and, and seeing how this lady, Noi, was starting to reach out, I realized that she was a person of peace. And we didn't realize that God was starting to do significant things in her world and had gone before us. And all he was asking us to do was to listen to him and to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So there's a whole group of us that would go down and would, would start sharing, um, like, no, we weren't even sharing at that point. We would just talk with her. And, and then on the last week that we were there, I just really felt like I couldn't, couldn't leave without trying to at least explain why I was there and, and share a little something with her. And so I asked Nock to come with me and to translate. And Nock said, yeah, what we can do is we can, um, we can say to her, yeah, you're, you're leaving, but you want to leave her with someone that's never going to leave her and is always going to be with her. I was like, that's gold. Like, let's go with that. It was super spiritual. She said, righto, you just say enough English for me to be able to translate in Thai what I need to explain. I was like, deal. Super, super spiritual evangelism, eh? Um, so anyway, we, we went down. Um, not couldn't go this day, so she wrote me a little note in Thai saying, hey, are you free? You'll be able to come for coffee with us tomorrow. So I went down. I said to her, I feel like I'm back at school asking if someone can come and play. So I went down to the mall and I gave her my little note in Thai. And she was really excited. And the next day we went down and we took her out for a coffee. And we got her like a little gift. And, and we just just sort of shared with her a little about why we were there because we actually had a translator who could 
explain properly. And then Knock just said to her, is there any burden in your life that we can pray for? And she just starts to cry in the middle of this cafe and in the middle of a big mall. And that is not super common in Thai culture to to do that. And we realized, then as she started to share, we realized that God had gone before us. And a month earlier, he had started bringing things into alignment with different circumstances in her life. He had started stirring some stuff in her life and within their family situation. They had only moved there a month before we had got there. And she told us that the first day that we came down and Lorraine and I went to this, to this came and saw her, as soon as we left, she turned to her auntie and she said, I just feel like I've known her forever. And she couldn't explain it. She didn't know what had, what had gone on or what had happened. But the Holy Spirit had gone before us. And then every week as we'd been coming and we'd been seeing her and the different people had been coming, she'd been going home and telling her family about these people that were coming to visit, uh, to see her at the shop. And the family was saying, well, why don't you bring them to visit us? Like, we want to meet these people. We had no clue, no clue this is what was going on in her heart. And so as we started to share with her this day of a coffee, she said, will you come tonight to my house for dinner? And Nock and I looked at each other and said, wow, like she's a, she's a person of peace. She's someone who is, who, is, who is making room in her world for us to be a part of it. We want to stay in step with what God is doing. And so... We then went with her, we spent the afternoon with her and we were able to start sharing with her uh, about stories and testimonies of God's faithfulness in our lives, of times when we had experienced his love and things that he had healed and, and restored and, and the hope that we had in him. And as we were driving along in the car, she turns to us and she said, I've never been able to believe before, but now as you speak, I know that everything you're saying is true. Amazing, eh? Totally God just already preparing stuff and a person of peace within our world. And so then we, we went and had dinner at her house and we, we met her family and we were able to share with them as well. And then Nock was talking and she turns around to me and she goes, okay, they all believe. They've all just accepted Jesus. Now we're going to baptize them. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? God had been preparing the hearts of all the people in those families. I looked around, I'm like, I don't, where are we going to baptize them? And she's like, there's a bowl of water over there. <laughs> okay. And she hands me, I'm like, what do I do with it? She's like, put it on. Okay. But their hearts were so hungry and, and they were so desperate for what God was doing. And so um, we've got a photo of this is around the dinner table. Oh, no, this is, this is, this is around the dinner table as we were sharing with them just about the incredible love of God that we had encountered. And then the photo after is her husband, her son, her daughter, Noi, and her mother after we had baptized all of them and been able to lead them all to faith. And Nock and I had left the, the hotel thinking we were going to have a 20-minute conversation. We came back seven hours later, <laughs> blown away, that God had gone before us. See, God had something for them, but he had placed it within us. And he just asked us to be faithful and keeping in step with him. A few days later, I was still pretty blown away, and I was just like, what on earth just happened? 
And I just, I was kind of thinking, and I realized that actually it had been two years since I had personally journeyed with someone and led them to faith. And I just really felt the Holy Spirit just whisper again, don't let it be another two years. Because I knew that God had placed people of peace around my life. And I went, sometimes I'd just been so caught up in my own stuff. Sometimes I, was, I just hadn't been, hadn't stepped out. Sometimes I just hadn't taken the opportunities that had given me. But I went, man, God, I don't want to do that again. I want, to, I want to stay in step with what you're doing. I want to listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit as he's leading and guiding. I don't want to be sharing with people because I've been told that I have to. I want to share with people because it's out of an overflow of what is coming out of my life. Because it's out of testimonies of God's faithfulness, testimonies of answered prayer, testimonies of a hope that is rising up in my life. And out of that, I want to be sharing with people. See, God has something for the world, and he has placed it within you and I. Sometimes I think we can come and we can pray and we feel like we're petitioning the heart of God to move because God is unwilling. But that's such a wrong picture because God is more than willing. God's heart is that none would perish, but all would have eternal life. God is working and moving in the miraculous in people's lives. And it's not that he is unwilling or that he is holding back. But I think sometimes actually we need to pray not to move the heart of God, but to move our hearts back into alignment with his will. Because something within us shifts and we go, we start praying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we make ourselves vessels where the Holy Spirit is actually able to move through us. Because God has so much more, so much more for this world. And his heart is going, I am willing. I am willing. But I think sometimes we're not. And I just wonder if we would turn back to a place of prayer. And going, God, your will, Lord, your kingdom come, your will will be done. And that means a shifting and a stepping aside of my will and what's going on in my heart. See, as I come to finish, I just want us to come back, the team can come up again, just to kind of hang in that place of, are you willing Are we, are we willing? Because I think God is. First question is, are we willing to follow Jesus? Are we willing to surrender our lives again to this, this promise and this story of a God who loves and cares for people who has invited us into our relationship with him? See, I'm not a great evangelist. I can show you the spiritual gift testing that I did a couple of weeks ago. And in all honesty, evangelism was my bottom. This this is not something that comes naturally to me. But I realized that in following Jesus in my single pursuit of him, he started to stir a hope within my life that I desperately wanted to share with other people. Because I know, I know that I am just a daughter that was lost. And in her brokenness, there was a Jesus who came and met her and said, I have a promise for you.
There is a Father who loves you. He will restore you. He will heal you. Come home. Come home to this Father and walk in relationship with me. And out of that place, I'm going to send you out to find other sons and daughters who are still lost and are still broken that I have the same message for. Are we willing to follow this Jesus? Do you know this Jesus here today? Are you willing to get uncomfortable? Are you willing to step out and say, God, whatever you want, I'm here. When you go to that call out at work, when you go to that meeting, when you go to that playgroup, when you go to that uni lecture, when you go to that family event, when you go to your flat, are you willing to be uncomfortable? Are you willing for people to bring, for God to bring people across your path? Because I think that within that, that's where God will restore our sight again. He will start to show us people the way that he sees him, that we won't look at the outward appearance, but we will be looking for the people of peace. We will be looking for the gold that God has placed within us because God has something for the world and he's placed it within us. So I would just ask as we go back into, um, into a time of worship, this morning would you, would you say, Lord, I'm willing. If you want to come out the front and... We can, we will pray and stuff this morning. But God has placed something within you. I think that this morning for some of us, we've, we've got so, so dry and so empty that it's coming back and going, God, I want what I share with people to be out of an overflow of the hope that I have. And so this morning, if you're like, actually, I'm not sharing out of an overflow, then I would love to pray with you. But maybe even it's just coming back to a place of surrender and going, God, I'm willing. Because I don't want God to ever have to look further than us. If God is wanting to move, if the God of all heaven and all creation goes, I can use you. I don't want him to go. I don't want my heart to ever be like, oh, God, I'm sorry. I think you need someone else. But if he is willing and he thinks he can use me. So I want to say, God, I'm in. And I just wonder this morning, Life Church, would that be our heart? Would that be our prayer? That God will never have to look any further than us. If he thinks he can use us, if he thinks he can work through us, then we'll be standing there going, God, I'm willing. God, I'm willing. Will you stand?